is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. In person. Wow. It's a wonderful time. It does not happen often. It doesn't. Uh, Maybe like the third episode ever we've done in person. Yeah, we recorded two last time. We're going to do one this time. Yeah. We got Starts of the Week, a segment that I have titled, Believe It or Not, because I I titled it 30 seconds ago that. You can believe it, but you don't want to. Yeah. Um, We got some news on the episode today. Probably a little bit of a shorter episode in advance of games tomorrow. We're also trying to watch some games today, so absolutely. There, there's a loaded college football slate today. Was it Clemson and Florida State play at twelve? Then you get like Alabama, Ole Miss at three thirty. But also you get Oregon and who plays Oregon? Colorado. Oregon, Colorado, at three thirty, and then Ohio State, Notre Dame tonight. And also my Gamecocks play tonight. It's a big day. It's a, there's a lot it's going on. It's a big on. day. I'm and excited. Obviously, week three of the fantasy season is underway already. Uh, we don't even have it in the show notes, but the Niners and Giants played on Thursday night. I think the only thing to note is the Giants actually played better than I thought they would. Even though they got drubbed like a Cherokee war drum? Yeah, it was, it was tough. Daniel Jones, I feel bad for the guy, man. He's got no help out there. We were talking about that just yesterday, kind of shooting the breeze about the Giants, because it's like... They have, at least on paper, they've got a good offensive line. They've got a good run game. Darren Waller. Yeah, yeah, right. They didn't have Saquon, but like they added Darren Waller to a receiver room that at least like wasn't great last year, but wasn't like the worst in the NFL. It was it was definitely closer to the bottom than the top. It's not that good. Their their receiver room looks very bad. Darren Waller looks like the only competent pass catcher, and the offensive line does not look like it's very good. I feel – it sucks for Darren Waller, too. Like, I, yeah. We were both pretty high on him before the season. So It's tough for him to score points when they're getting dog-walked every single time they go out there. I'm frustrated that I turned down a T.J. Hawkinson trade a couple weeks ago because I had Darren Waller. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. It was a Kyle Pitts for T.J. Hawkinson trade. It's a, it, it was in a dynasty league. I was like, you know, it's a good trade. You know I like Hawkinson. But I've got Waller. I feel like I can sit on Pitts for a year. Yep. That was a mistake. Now you're getting... That was a mistake. I mean, let's be honest, though. You're still getting top five tight end production, but the gap right now between those top three guys and everyone else is enormous. There's one, two, three, and then just a cliff. Yeah, it's rough. So, yeah, no Saquon means bad things for the Giants. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey... Christian McCaffrey... This man goes out and scores 20 fantasy points, and it, it feels like you could almost have a sigh of relief as an opponent when you see he only scored 20 yeah, fantasy points. Yeah, we're good. Points. Thank God. He only got 20. It was, it's okay. It felt like a quiet game, oddly enough, from Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Yeah, and I think he had his most uh, receiving yardage in a game this season. He only had like 30 yards. I think he broke Jerry Rice's 49ers record for like the most consecutive games with a touchdown. It's like, 11, it was it's like, like 12 that. or 13 games. It was something like that, yeah doesn't feel real stupid he's incredible um okay we got some news to hop into for the episode um i guess first off 
The biggest news in fantasy this week was that Cam Akers was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Said not to tra- said to, said to hold him for now. Don't drop him. Yeah, for a swap of uh, what? Did, I don't uh, even remember. I just saw that he went there. Picks? I just saw that he went there. I don't remember. It was twenty twenty six picks. So nothing. So <laughs> absolutely nothing. They sent Cam Akers away for literally nothing. It was a sixth and seventh round pick swap in 2026. That is how little he is valued at right now. Yeesh. Uh, obviously, the Rams really liked Cam Akers. They, they always said they did. Sean McVay was a big fan of Cam Akers. He was a big fan until it came time to actually play a running back, and Cam Akers never seemed to get on the Have field. Have you heard like the rumors as to why... He hated him? No. Like he said something about McVeigh's wife or something like that? Oh, gosh. To be fair, like, McVeigh's wife's a supermodel, so, like, people are going to say stuff, my man. You're going to have to get used to that. Oh. I, ha- I hadn't seen that at all. I don't know if it's 100% true, but that's what I heard. What? I- so, okay. What do we do now with Cam Akers, with Alexander Madison? Because that's the other part of this, too, is, like, Madison has not been good. But he was getting basically 75% of the offensive snaps. I think you just don't touch either one of them. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it for for Akers. I mean, it's basically the same system that the Rams had. Yep. It's Kevin O'Donnell. He knows Akers. Akers knows his system. So there's familiarity there. Obviously, Madison's not great, and he's, he's not going to be better with another running back to compete with. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like both are, at least right now, on equal... Like I don't think that there's any clear difference today between Akers and Madison in that both have been pretty inefficient. Um, but it feels like Madison doesn't have the, I guess, backing of the coaching staff, whereas Akers might have we some... We always thought they but, would bring somebody in. Yeah, it, it did. It felt like they were going to add somebody just because the running game has been terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I think between the two, I would default to Acres because I've seen better play more recently with him than I have with Madison. If that does that make any sense? Yeah, I think Acres will get there. I guess as probably the guy to own, but it's going to be a few weeks too. Yeah, and I don't even know if him being the guy to own means he's somebody you play. I think he's week. a better running back than Madison, but it's but it's not really saying a whole lot. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you're going to end up starting either one of these guys the rest Maybe of the season. Maybe he turns into Dalvin Cook. Both played hey, running back at Florida State. That'd be great. His comp coming out of college was Dalvin Cook. That would be so great. Now he's in Minnesota. I would love that, but I I don't think it's going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen at all. Um. Austin Eckler is not going to play tomorrow. He is. It's now the second week in a row out with the ankle sprain. I think it's a high ankle sprain. I don't. I don't think there was ever. No I'm no doctor, but he's been out for two weeks, and I feel like if it was a mild sprain, he would be playing Likely this week. Another week, then. Yeah, I think he's going to probably miss this week and probably also next week. Um, Fire up Josh Kelly. Keep doing it. Yeah, they have a nice matchup against the Vikings. I'm very excited for that game. Yeah, we're going to be both talking about that Both of them are 0 2. Both of them need to win this. Yeah. They tie. It's, it's what if they do? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh it'll be a good one. But yeah, I think you probably fire up Kelly. Kel, you know, it wasn't an amazing matchup against the Titans, but once again, 
it's Titans it's are all just the a workload. Tough team. Titans are tough. It's all the workload, and Minnesota, I think, is a significantly better matchup. I mean the the Eagles. Granted, it's the Eagles, but they just ran for like two hundred yards on this defense. Yeah, you can throw on them, you can run on them, you can basically do whatever you want. Justin Herbert is going to have a field day. We're going to get the starts of the week. I didn't put Justin Herbert down, but I want to like honorable mention him here. Zero and two, no Eckler. He is going to absolutely shred the Vikings defense. Let's be honest. The only reason he's not a start of the week is because he's like a top five quarterback. Yeah. Okay. It's it's one of those. It's like, oh, who are we I mean, start this week? The great players. You were we probably have. starting Justin Herbert anyway, but yeah. just a confidence boost. He's going to be very good this week. Yeah, he should be really, really good. The other running back, uh, I guess, news of the week is that the Browns, in in the wake of the Nick Chubb injury, they signed Kareem Hunt. I don't think that was a surprise at all. I think we were talking about that yeah. earlier this week. Like, they're probably going to sign like he somebody. Got hurt. Hunt was visiting the next day. Like, yeah, they're going to get him. Yeah, they're going to sign Hunt. And it, it just, that was that was easy. Because it was like Kareem Hunt was on this roster in the offseason, and they let him go. And it was like, okay, they need somebody. Kareem Hunt's available. He knows He's the cheap. system. Yeah, he knows the system. Uh, it, that one seemed like low-hanging fruit. As far as what to do with the backfield going forward, I don't know about you, but I feel like neither one is going to be awesome. Obviously. I don't know if that's obvious or not, but I don't think either one of them is going to be great. If I had to pick one as the guy that I would rather be playing for fantasy right now, it would be Jerome Ford. Oh, yeah. I don't know that Kareem Hunt is any good anymore. This is not 2019. I mean, they were willing just to let him walk. Right. So That's the other thing, too, is they had Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in the same running back room in the offseason, and they let Kareem Hunt go because they felt good enough about Jerome Ford. Yeah, so Ford's the guy to own. Hunt will pace. Hunt likes spell him. Hunt knows the system, so they do like him out in the field. But I'm not. I mean, it's gonna take a lot for me to be willing to start him for a yeah. while. I do think Kareem Hunt probably steals like two minute drill or third down work. Yeah, he's a good pass catcher. Yeah, um, I don't know really anything. I, I mean, Jerome Ford is so difficult because. He was not a super high heralded draft prospect, and he hasn't really done anything at the NFL level. All we have to go off of is his performance Monday night. I mean, after he Nick looked good there. He had a seventy-yard run. He had a hundred yards on the night. Um, you know, I still don't really know what to do with Jerome Ford, other than like he's. Start him. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think you can probably start him it. for now, until we see Kareem Hunt like get into the lineup and be playing a lot, you can start him. I think a lot of people are going to have to because for I mean, this, it's not a great matchup this week, too. I don't remember off the top of my head who the Browns are playing. They're playing the Titans. That's right. Titans are not a great running back matchup, and they just brought in somebody Until to Josh spell Kelly him. Josh Kelly shut down. Right. So, I don't know. You spent all that fab on Jerome Ford, and then they went and brought somebody else in, and the matchup this week is terrible. So, like... I if you can, I would be waiting. I would be waiting for another week to see what happens. But I think a lot of people probably don't have that luxury, and they've just got to play him. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe not all roses there for the Browns' backfield. Uh, the other piece of news here is Bryce Young is out one to two weeks with an ankle injury, and uh, I would imagine not many people are playing Bryce Young right now. Mm, no. But I know of a couple, but it's a bad situation. Yeah, <laughs> they're gunning for the number one pick, except they don't have their own first round pick, so it's it's a very bad situation. I do. 
You have the first round pick. Of course you do. Feels really good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Andy Dalton will be the starter this week at least and potentially next week as well. Um, I would imagine this helps out the Panthers offense, honestly, for the next however long that Andy Dalton is starting. Yeah. Uh, Fire up Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Miles Sanders is a pretty good start this week. That's another honorable mention, actually, for the starts of the week. Um, but even just with the pass catchers, like Adam Thielen, I feel like is a safer play while Andy Dalton's a starter. Hayden Hurst feels like a safer play. It's not that Bryce Young has looked horrific. It's just the offense as a whole isn't there yet. They're struggle-busting hard, and it's just part of it. It's part of the whole rookie quarterback experience. Bryce Young, I think he's going to be a good player down the road, but right now it. Yeah, he's smart with the ball. He makes good decisions. They just don't have amazing weapons at the moment. So It's a very low-ceiling offense, and I feel like Andy Dalton can probably raise that ceiling a little bit. Maybe not a ton, but... It'll help. It'll help. All right. Let's talk about some of maybe the most ridiculous storylines this yeah. year in fantasy it football. Is, <laughs> it doesn't feel real. It doesn't. There's, there's some stuff. Believe it or not. You can believe everything we're about to say. Yeah. These but. things are true, and we just have to figure out if they're going to continue. Yeah. I, I, yeah. First one here, Jamar Chase has scored in two weeks... 11.2 half PPR fantasy points. The Bengals offense has per week? been... No, that is total. <laughs> that is that is cumulative over two weeks. <sighs> He's been rough. I know T. Higgins got his last week. T. Higgins has double what Jamar Chase has, and T. Higgins scored zero points in week one. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, my gosh. And the other part of this is Joe Burrow may not play this week with the calf injury. We don't know. It hadn't. He's going to be a true game time decision. I probably. Think. He was. I know he was out there at practice, like in limited capacity. I saw a video where Joe Mixon was taking snaps at quarterback. Yikes! So that's not great. This could be an ugly week for the Bengals. Didn't they add a whole rule for teams to be able to add extra quarterbacks yeah. to the game day roster? I want to say that the uh, the Joe Mixon thing probably wasn't an actual thing, but they said he was out there. <laughs> Like with the receivers taking snaps there, so oh my god, I don't actually believe that, but surely they will add. Who's the, is it? Jake Browning's the backup. Yes, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I, I he played at Washington in college. They went to the college football playoff. That is the extent of my Jake Browning knowledge. Good for him. Yeah, I know. Good. They got they got an invitation to get mollywopped by Alabama, and they did. <laughs> they got destroyed. Um, do we think this? Jamar Chase situation is going to continue. No. I don't either. He is one of the best receivers in the NFL. It will straighten itself out. Yes. They're just he's just struggling. Teams are obviously keying on him because he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. And the offense has struggled so much with Joe Burrow missing all the training camp and being injured again. So it's tough, but I think he's one of those talents that it's it's gonna win out. He'll be fine. This feels like something that could straighten itself out as soon as tomorrow. Like he could go out and score twenty points tomorrow, and nobody would be surprised. Yeah, it's well, it's Monday night, but I well, mean, that's true. yeah, he's one of those guys. He's a not to the extent of Tyreek Hill, but his athleticism, his talent, and his like speed. He needs one catch to have a great fantasy week. It's like Garrett Wilson last week. He took a slant eighty yards or sixty yards yeah. to the house, whatever it was. It 
You're right. People One sleep play. on the fact that Jamar Chase runs a four three forty. Yeah, he is ridiculously fast, and he's got the vertical, and he's got the quickness. It's it's the whole package. He's a freak. If you were building a receiver in the NFL, no disrespect to any of the others, but you build Jamar Chase. Yeah, he's about six one, two hundred pounds, blazing fast, and he's got like a forty inch vertical leap. He's Tyree Kill, but taller. And not quite as fast. Uh, no, not quite, not quite fast. as fast, not quite as quick. But like, if Tyree Kill was a better jump ball receiver, yeah. you would have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is an ox. Like people don't realize, like <laughs> that dude is strong. He's like two twenty, isn't he? He's like two ten, I think. Okay, maybe he's like AJ Brown. Well, AJ Brown is a, a solid two twenty five. He's like AJ Brown, but I think he's quicker and faster than AJ Brown is, and smaller. But like, I mean, it's not that AJ Brown's only six feet tall. I don't think people realize. I know that. He's, he's not he's, that. He's not as tall as you. He's would not think as looking at him. He's not as tall as Chase, but he's got a good 15, 20 pounds on him. AJ Brown, he built. He, he's that's a topic for another day. But yes, you're right. Um, okay, Puka Nakua. We've talked about him at length. I think he is just the the topic of the flavor of the month he's I guess. an anomaly at the moment it's wild he's currently on pace for 200 plus catches this season through two weeks i don't think that's going to happen <laughs> but <laughs> i think i saw he's on pace for 296 targets and like 213 catches i need to vet that but i, I think that was the i pace. saw 216 catches so i believe that part okay it's Which excessive I guess break it down he's getting he got 20 targets last week how many did he get in week one 15 so that is... He's averaging is 17 and a half targets a week. Times 17. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a, I don't have to get the specific number. That's a lot. Uh, no, this one will not continue. But I do think he's going to be good the rest of the year. Yes, because you can have his target share and it's still elite. You can cut it in half. Yeah, you tell me any receivers getting 10 targets a game, that's I'm great. going to take him. I want that. Yeah, and can he have a 10 targets a game sort of workload until Cooper Cup gets back? Absolutely. Can he have eight targets a game once Cooper Cup returns? I think so, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Tutu Atwell's averaging like eight targets a week. Yeah, it's going to be Tutu Atwell that goes away once Cup I think so. come back, comes back. Cup is going to come back and average 12 and a half targets a week, and Puka is still going... I mean, they're going to have, between the two of them, 20 to 25 targets a week, I think. And Matthew Stafford looks like he has returned to his pre-injury form. He looks really good. Yeah. And they're throwing a significant amount. Yeah, he's throwing amount. like 40 times a game. Yeah. I think only Mac Jones has thrown more passes through two weeks than Matthew Stafford. That doesn't feel right either. Mac it, Jones? It doesn't. But Mac Jones threw 55 times in week one or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So his numbers are skewed. It, it's only week two. We don't, yeah. have, we don't have enough of a sample size for that to kind of regress to the mean a little bit. But, yeah. Can Puka – like, I know we sort of talked about this already, but until Cup gets back where – where are we at with Puka, and then what is he once Cup returns? He's probably, I mean, I guess he, I don't want to overreact, but top 15 yeah. until Cup comes back. That's, that's sort of And then right. once Cup comes back, I would still probably put him in my flex and just see yep. what happens. Yep. I think we're on the same page there. Uh, okay, this stat can't be real, but it is. Kyle Pitts has 53% of the Falcons' air yards, and he has scored seven fantasy points. That, I believe. That's the most <laughs> believable thing we've said so far. That is ridiculous. How can you have half of a team's air yards Over through two 50%. weeks? Over 50%. That is... I mean, that's 70 
He's got over 50%, and he has like 50 yards. 50 yards, yeah. That's, That's crazy. We sh- the, Arthur Smith should be executed. <laughs> I don't mean crazy. to be go to jump to extremes, but that is unacceptable. That's unbelievable. That like 50 yards and to have, I mean, you know, the average NFL team passes for like 200 to 220 yards a game. So you would expect that 50 yards number to be with 53% of the air yards, you would expect him to have like 100, 130 yards in two weeks. He has 50. And he has 50. That's crazy. I hate my coach. That is crazy. Uh, will that continue, though? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, yes. I think so, too. Because they it's we've seen it now through three seasons. He has led, in the games he's played throughout his career, he has led the Falcons in air yards from the get-go. And he has been a disappointment from the get-go. It is not his fault. It's not. It's not. And he's just not used in a way that would be conducive to scoring fantasy points. It hurts my feelings. It's unfortunate. Kyron Williams is currently the RB2 in fantasy football. The RB2. I think he's like the, I looked, he's number 11 overall in fantasy. That's crazy. Granted, it's through two weeks, so one good week will skew those numbers, but still. He had 25 points last week. Yeah, but and week before that, it was like 17 or 18. So yeah. it wasn't like, he has not had a dud week like T. Higgins and then came out and exploded and it just sort of... He's had back-to-back good weeks. Right. He's been awesome. Uh, will that continue? No. What is Kyron Williams' rest of season? I don't know. <laughs> I want to say he's a mid to low RB2. That's sort of how I feel about it. I... <sighs> So much of this is skewed because Cup is out. So, I mean, it's got to go somewhere. The Rams actually look decent. Matthew Stafford's also only thrown one touchdown. Yeah, that's going to expect some regression to the mean there. So, like, positive touchdown regression. Stafford's going to have some touchdowns soon. Yeah. But they don't have anyone else. So, I mean, he's got to be okay at least. I would imagine he is – he's at this point the waiver pickup of the year. Maybe outside of Puka, sort of depending on how Puka's, you... Puka's definitely one. Yeah. Both Rams are two right now. Maybe just because of the situation hey, with running backs. Even Tutu Atwell has been good. Yeah. Like, he could be a good waiver pickup. Yeah. But Kyron right now, because they got rid of Cam Akers, you're right, there's no competition. Kyron right now, I think, is what we thought Cam Akers was going to be. Yeah. He's, he's the best case scenario for Cam Akers right now. Which I think best case scenario is like the RB14 or something. Yeah. And can Kyron Williams be that the rest of the season? Sure. Because Saquon is getting nuked for injury. Nick Chubb does not exist anymore. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to play with a three-game deficit on everybody else's stats. So, like, you know, you've got all these injuries. Austin Eckler. um, But, I mean, what does he have to have? I mean, honestly, I mean, he's going to catch a couple passes rush for 50 yards and score a touchdown every couple weeks like that that should get him there that yeah that should do it i think he's probably a high rb2 rest of season just and it's not like if you had everybody healthy he would be a mid to low rb2 but because of injuries i think he's going to be a pretty solid rb2 yeah which is which is wild doesn't feel right uh the other believe it or not here the eagles backfield i don't really know what to do with it 
Uh, Kenneth Gainwell came out in week one and had basically every snap that was worth anything. And then he was a scratch in week two. And DeAndre Swift had 175 yards. DeAndre Swift looked like the best running back in football. He looked incredible. Granted, they were playing the Vikings. And the this past game was terrible, so they were like, let's let's just lean on this offensive line. But he was line. still averaging like six yards a pop. Yeah, no, he was great. Don't hear what I'm not saying. He was great, and he looked awesome. So what do we do with the Eagles' backfield? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think... Between the two of them, based I, on... I, I know you preferred Swift from the get-go, yeah. but then after week one, it was like, okay, you basically gave I me admitted, a... Like, you I admitted I was wrong. Me, you were like, okay, no, Kenneth Gainwell apparently is getting all the snaps. I was wrong. But then obviously Gainwell goes out and Swift owns it. Now now you've got them both back. Gainwell's playing this week. Swift is playing this week. I I, I truly have no clue what I'm not starting guys. either one of them. I'll start there. Yeah. I'm not putting either one in my lineup because I want to see I I, I like based on the eye test and what he did. I don't know how you, as a coaching staff, revert back to week one. Right. And it's Gainwell's backfield and nobody else's. Right. But I also, at the same time, you know they like Gainwell, so I don't want to run Swift out there. I know he's, I know he's the better player. Yeah. And most people know he's the better player, but I also can't run him out there like even if it's a fifty-fifty split with uh, Gainwell. Like I don't, I don't really want to start him there. Yeah. If you're the team that drafted J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, and Saquon Barkley, mm. and you have to start one of these two running backs... I would start Swift. I think I would, too. Swift just, to me, feels like the higher upside of the two. Gainwell might have more work, but... Swift is the one who could take it 50 yards. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's more of the home run threat, whereas Gainwell, it's like, I never thought... Leading up to the season, I never thought Gainwell was a better player. It was just that everything that we were seeing was like, actually, Gainwell is going to be their guy. Too. And week one said it, and it was like, okay, well, I mean, they must be seeing something we're not seeing, but evidently not because Swift still got it. Yeah. So I, I mean, know. he's always had it. It's just, it's been injuries, and then the coaching staff, for whatever reason, just stops trusting him yeah. because of the injuries. He is one of the better, just pure talents in the NFL. Yeah. All right, you want to take a quick ad break and hop back for the starts of the week? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. All right, we're back. We're talking our starts of the week or starts of tomorrow, as as we yeah. could more accurately put it. Uh, let's, Maybe some on Monday. Yeah, a couple on Monday. These, uh, let's, okay. Do you like the whole two Monday games thing where you no, have to watch both at the same I time? It's terrible. I, I don't like it for two reasons. A... I want to watch both games, but then I have to like flip back and forth. Yeah. And B, it makes it really annoying with injuries. Like, I've got a player who's questionable going into Monday night. Well, guess what? Now there's two of them. Yep. And like, hey, say one of them goes down or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't need an extra team to be worried about. Like, okay, do I start this guy on Sunday and just pray he doesn't play? Or yeah. The other part of it is too is that because there's two games on Monday night, there's only like two games in the four o'clock window. So you have... And if they both suck. Right. And this is what happened last week. We had, like, we had all these games at 1 o'clock, and then there were two games at 425, and they were both terrible. So I would prefer just to have more games in the 4 o'clock window. 
yeah. that are good instead of two games on Monday night that I can't watch both of. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyways, that over. Starts of the week. At quarterback, who do you have as your start this week? I had I had Herbert, like we talked about earlier, but, like, I mean, he was, he was top five no matter what. So, like, obviously you're starting him. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. They're going up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins' wow. defense has not terrified me to this point this year. Herbert shredded them. Um, Mac Jones, no, yeah, Mac Jones looked pretty good against them. And uh, Wilson's got his some of his weapons back. Judy's gonna it's gonna be second his second week back. I think he's gonna be healthier. Javante Williams looks good. Cortland Sutton has not been half bad. Yeah. Uh, Russ just himself looks like he's better prepared with the offense with Sean Sean Payton. So I think I think Russ is a good game this week. What's really crazy? And it's gonna be a high scoring game. In the first halves of games this year, Russell Wilson has looked like old Russ, like yeah. MVP Russ. Problem is, in the second halves of games, he's looked horrific. And it, it so has balanced you're out. You're starting him for the first half. <laughs> but if he throws you three touchdowns, you're good. It doesn't matter. I mean, you get the three touchdowns in the first. It's it's f- so funny because, like, he, at in the same game, will look like an MVP candidate and yeah. last year's Russ, like a wash. Old Russ is gone. Like he, this is the this is the new normal for us. It's so wild, but you're right. It has balanced out, and uh, he is the quarterback three through two weeks. I'll take it. That that's that just feels wild. And the Dolphins are a great matchup right now. At least until Jalen Ramsey shows back up. There. When is, what did what what is his injury? When is he going to come back? I think it was six weeks. So we got a few more weeks. Of, we got a few of really more. good. And even then, when he comes back, I don't, I don't know if it changes a ton because the teams are going to have to throw a lot to because keep up the Dolphins them. are going to score exactly. My start is just also maybe one of the more surprising players in fantasy this year. It's Kirk Cousins versus the Chargers. He is the overall QB one in fantasy football right now. That's pretty believe good. it or not. That feels wild. That's because he's throwing 45 times a game, and he's got like three touchdowns in every game. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're playing the Chargers, which is the NFL's 32nd-ranked defense through two weeks. I would like to put Justin Jefferson on this list. I mean, obviously, obviously he's the number you're starting one. Him. But he's going to score so much on that secondary. If he scores a touchdown, it's very possible he could have 200 yards He could have 40 this week. He very it honestly could. And if Justin Jefferson goes off, that means Kirk Cousins goes off. Jordan Addison's a good start this week. Like TJ Hawkinson, I mean, everybody, all of them. All of them. The Vikings offense this year, and I know we've talked about this briefly, but the Vikings offense this year just looks so much more complete with the addition of Jordan Addison. They have that extra oomph that they just didn't really have well, last and also, year. Also, it's year two under Kevin O'Connell, so yep. they're more comfortable in the system. I mean... And Kirk Cousins is... You know, for all the things that he's not, he is a very, very competent quarterback that you, when you give him good weapons, he's going to kill you. You put a lot on the quarterback, but I, I honestly don't think it's his fault they're 0-2 right now. Like, he has either. been very good. He's on pace for like 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns That's and an 0-17 record. Yeah, and he's not really he's not throwing a ton of interceptions either. Like, I don't think he's thrown a single interception. Yeah, he's, he's been great. I think he did have a couple fumbles in week one, but like, what? I mean, if it. And he had a sack fumble in week two, but like, I mean, he's throwing the ball and his arm gets hit. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. There's only so much you can do about a fumble. So, yeah, he has looked really, really good. Um, 
all the Vikings and honestly all the Chargers are great starts this week. Yeah, fire up anybody you can. That's I don't know what the over under is in that matchup, but I think it's over fifty. It's I'd take the over honestly. Yeah. I could see this being like thirty seven to thirty one. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Running backs, hit us with your running back. Mine, it's a cupcake one. It's an easy one. <laughs> You're probably starting him anyway, but it's Houston, so my gosh, Travis Etienne is going to shred them. They may, they don't have to throw the ball. Now, granted, it CJ Stroud like, may even, put up some stats, but yeah, I don't even want to start Calvin Ridley because, like, I know what's going to happen is happens in every Houston game. They're just going to lean on the running game. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence will throw for like 190 yards, maybe one touchdown. Travis Etienne and Tanks Bigsby are, could both go over 100 yards, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, this is – you're right. It's low-hanging fruit. It's the Texans. It's the Bears. Those are the two, like, yeah. who's playing them this week? They have a good chance like, it to is be one a of the, the Texans are one of the reasons that you like Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry so much. It's because yes. you know they get 400 yards against that team. Yes. 200 yards each time they play them. I mean, it was, the Jags are such – they're so great because they get to play the Colts and the Texans and the Titans two times. Titans are, are kind of tough. The Titans are tough as a run defense, but as a pass defense, they're you horrible. Yeah. You can throw all over them, and I think teams do that. So, like, there's there's matchups to exploit in every in every game. It's not like you're playing the the Saints or the Eagles or the Bills or the Cowboys where it's like, oop. Or even the Jets, honestly, where you're like, eh. the Jets are scary. I don't like. I yeah. don't like starting against them. There's no scary defenses in that division. I mean, the Jags. Even the Jaguars defense doesn't scare me. It no, and it and they looked pretty good against Patrick Mahomes and company last week. But yeah. even still, you're right. They don't they don't terrify me all that much. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any receivers. That's why. That is part of it. <laughs> My start of the week at running back is Kenneth Walker against the Panthers. Uh, he's handling 75% of the workload in Seattle's backfield. Surprisingly. I I thought it was going to be closer to like a 60-40 split. With I thought it was going to be like a 50-50 split. I'll be honest with you. <sighs> and that has not been the case. No, he is dominating. Um, yeah, Charbonnet is not getting on the field. Kenneth Walker is basically handling the same amount of work he was last year. He's getting the goal line. The pass catching, I mean, they're not really thrown to running backs, so it doesn't matter. Um, when you got three great receivers, you don't really need to. Right. Uh, so yeah, Kenneth Walker versus the Panthers feels like a great start. Um, the Panthers defense has not been great against running backs so far. I mean, you remember week one, Bijan and yep. Tyler Algier both went off yep. week two. I mean, they did play the saints and the saints had Jamal saints, Williams. Everyone's hurt though for them. Right. Cause Jamal Williams got hurt in that game too. Yeah. You got to take that with a grain of salt, but, uh, yeah, I don't think the Panthers are terrible against the run, but I don't think they're great either. I feel like they're dead average. My bold and, prediction is this is the week that Walker pops one for like 60 yards. I think it could happen, for sure. I think he's going to score a touchdown at the very least. And if you give him 60, 70 yards, I mean, we saw it last week. He scored twice. His his yardage numbers weren't amazing, but he scored, and it's like, well, I mean, he had a great week. Yeah, he's like a lesser version of Nick Chubb. Yeah, honestly. Rest in peace. Wide receivers. He's not dead. <laughs> I know he's not dead. His career might be over. Yeah, his though. career might be over. <laughs> so rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> Hit us with your uh, wide receiver start of the week. Uh, my wide receiver start of the week is Michael Pittman. If it's you, a little surprising. A little surprising. You had him ranked as wide receiver forty-eight. Okay. Before the season. All right. Forty-eight. 
part of that, let's be honest, let's tell the truth about what that was. That was, I think Anthony Richardson's maybe the worst passer in the NFL this year. He's not been He's the worst not. passer in the NFL. He's, He's looked not. very good. But and, this, my, my argument for why I had him higher than that and for why I'm starting it this week is he just has a mega target share. Yes. He has 23 targets through two weeks. Yeah. And is, I mean, last week in half EBR, he only had 10 points, but like 12 targets? I mean, I, we were talking about guys who were getting 8, 10 targets a game. Like this guy's averaging 12 targets a game right now. Yeah. So... I think Gardner Minshew is a very, very serviceable backup. I think he'll be fine. He's going to throw the ball a lot. hes I don't know if he's necessarily – because Anthony Richardson surprised me and a lot of other people as how good a passer he was. So I don't know if he's necessarily better than Anthony Richardson, but he's not worse than Anthony Richardson as no. a passer. I think Minshew is more efficient overall. Like He is going to, I think, have a better command of the offense – I just think it's a lower ceiling offense. With yeah, the, the explosiveness of the offense without Anthony Richardson's rushing drops yeah. it significantly. But the passing volume is still going to be there for Michael Pittman. Yeah, and I mean, we saw it last week with Gardner Minshew where Richardson played two drives and then Minshew came in and the offense didn't really skip a beat. They slowed down, but they still, I mean, yeah. they scored 17 points with Minshew at the quarterback. Um, and then, you know, Michael Pittman still finished with 12 targets. Yeah. And the Ravens' defense, they've had some injuries. I know they, they beat the Bengals last week, but T. Higgins had a huge game against them. Um, I mean, obviously, Mar Chase is struggling, but that's just because the Bengals as a whole are struggling. So their defense does not really scare me that much. Yeah. My wide receiver start of the week is Amari Cooper versus the Titans. Um, I think it's a pass defense you can exploit. And honestly, with the way the Browns – the situation they're in right now is they have to throw the ball. and You just can't lean on the run the same way as you used to be able to. Jerome Ford, for all that he is, is not Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That combination still does not equal what Nick Chubb was. And it was already going to be a, a matchup that you were going to have to throw anyway because you just can't run on the Titans. Yeah, It, it, it feels like they're going to throw the ball 40 times. And Deshaun Watson... Might still be terrible, but he's not good. He doesn't have it. I don't think he's got it. But I think this week could be a pretty decent week for the pass offense. But it was like same argument for Michael Pittman. I don't know how good the quarterback is. I don't know how good the offense is. But we know Pittman's going to get targets, and I know Amari Cooper's going to get targets. Exactly. And if they throw the ball forty times, Amari Cooper's getting twenty-five to thirty percent of those. Yeah. So give me give me the twelve targets. If he scores a touchdown, even better. But the Titans' secondary is a shambles right now. They're awful. So, yeah, Amari Cooper versus the Titans. Anything else you want to hop into before we get out of here? Nothing off the top of my head. I'm excited to watch more football in week three. Let's go. I'm excited to go. We'll meet up with our buddy Landon, go hit up hit up a restaurant, and just yep. watch a bunch of games. Just sit in the sports bar and consume football until our eyeballs pop I am A-OK with it. <laughs> I'm going to sit there for like three hours in that uncomfortable booth and be happy. It's going to be so good. Can't wait for it. Thank you, everybody, for listening or watching to the show. Uh, if you want to support what we're doing here, the best way you can do that is just leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. It'll take three seconds, and it helps us out a ton. Um, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Fantasy Brothers Podcast. That'll do it from us. We will see you next week when we are reacting to all this stuff that we probably got wrong. <laughs>
I hope it's less crazy than it has been. <laughs> we I want to be excited to go into an episode. I know. I want to be like, you know, Jefferson had a big week. Chase had a big week. Kyle Pitts had 53% of the air yards, and it turned into a Two good points. fantasy week. It's not. <laughs> it will never happen. That ship has sailed. I'm going to go ahead and give you a sneak preview of the weekly weenies. Kyle Pitts will be on. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it from us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.